0: How do we create more sustainable businesses and a sustainable world? With listeners in 53 countries over
1: six continents, Sustainable the Podcast aims to explore exactly that. Join our host, Tabby Jane, founder of EarthSelf, as she interviews
0: inspirational leaders who are helping to reconnect business back to nature. Discover new ways of working, be inspired to take action.
1: In episode 63, I spoke with Marco Nanini, CEO of Impact Hub Milan Incubator and senior advisor to Fabrique, the social innovation incubator in the area of Milan, about bringing people together to create sustainable impacts. Today, I'm speaking with Lisa Muirhead. Lisa Muirhead is a collaborator, visionary, gentle disruptor and entrepreneur who brings almost 20 years experience to catalyzing positive change. A strategic thinker, Lisa is motivated by a deep belief of empowering people as a path to social and economic equity. Lisa founded the B corps certified Adesi Associates in 2011 to inspire, equip, and enable organizations and individuals to be a force for good and build a better world. Focused on systemic change, Lisa's approach integrates purpose, creative thinking, collaboration, and innovation. Bringing holistic interests to her work, she believes that sustainable leadership emerges from integrating well-being and personal experience. Adesi incubated pioneers for change a UK-based social enterprise which provides a fellowship for those willing to harness their talents, energy and resources as a force for good. Pioneers for Change is a seedbed for innovative thought and a platform to harness collective energy, which is showcased on the Pioneers for Change Huffington Post blog published regularly and inviting a variety of guest contributors. The blog celebrates change makers and topics including entrepreneurship, philanthropy, social impact investing and social enterprise. Lisa is a fellow of the RSA, an accredited coach with Association for Coaching and a qualified partnership broker. Welcome Lisa, it is great to have you on Sustainable today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So let's just dive in. Why do you focus on enabling organisations to create a positive, sustainable future? And why is this so important to you?
0: Uh, good question. <laughs> I um, I spent most of my 20s uh, being an activist with uh, Greenpeace and fast realised that uh business and working from the inside was probably the most powerful way to affect change. So we've worked with organizations, be it NGOs or businesses or privately owned businesses, uh, because they have the power to change behaviors, uh, influence many people, their consumers, their customers, um, and continue to make a profit, which we also see as their primary responsibility. The The question is, how does how does one go about making that profit? It doesn't necessarily have to be, it doesn't even need to be at the expense of others or the planet. So, um, and, and why is it important to me, to us? Um, I mean, Odessi represents... A passionate group of associates who are very much focused on creating a better world we're very non-judgmental about how how businesses and individuals go about this it's very much encouraging and guiding to help uh, organizations take incremental steps to do the best that they can at any given time and it's a learning experience We're, we're very much advocates of the failing you have to fail, uh, you have to try, and sometimes that means failing to be able to reflect on what's worked and what's not worked to improve on what's being done. And um, I think failure is something that's not celebrated enough in society these days. So uh, our approach is very tailored, um, it's very much focused around the client that we're working with um, to help them
1: or the individual be and support them in being the best that they can. Mm. No, I like that. And I think it's it's, it's worthwhile remembering because I'm, I'm glad that you've reached the same cl- conclusion as me. You know, business is the quickest way to actually make an impact. And when we have businesses working um, as a force for good, I mean, for me, that's when I think that real positive social and environmental change is going to happen. And what I also love that you're saying is it's very much about being non-judgmental and recognising that we've got to try so many things, fail, learn what works, what doesn't work and uh, take that journey together. Because we, I, I think when I understand or when I look at it, how business is, is changing the world and how we're moving towards a more sustainable world, this is something that we've never done before. So there's no map to follow. It is literally trial and error and learning from our mistakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of rolling up
0: our sleeves and getting in there and and, and doing something. Something is, you know, action creates reaction. Um, so if we're all doing something to the best ability that we can, um, with the knowledge that we have at that time, um, you know, that's great. And, 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 learning from there. And, you know, again, our experience is, um, quite often what, what, what's embarked on, uh, there's so many, yes, there's tangible benefits, but there's so many intangible benefits as well. And connections that come out of that and learnings that come out of that innovations I mean I think it's you know pretty much mainstream thinking now that um, you know a lot of innovation comes out of bringing together you know diverse partnerships you can see many NGOs now partnering with business getting these groups together where they've got a common goal but different perspectives um, and navigating their way through that um, it's really powerful um It's yeah. It's it's really powerful, and and again, it just comes back to that very simple. We we very simply have to be doing something different now.
1: and uh, now <laughs> <laughs> well it is it's, it's it's that emphasis on the now but what i i liked about what you mentioned there is not only is it the diversity that's created when people with different perspectives come together to work towards a common goal but it's not just the tangible benefits such as you know it's going to make you more money or it's going to do x y and z it's those intangible benefits and what 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 in your opinion are those intangible benefits that we get from from coming together to to work towards a common goal
0: well, I think you know, innately as human beings, we are social and we like community and we like helping each other. So, when you have, you know, for example, if you have uh, employee engagement programs where it's about helping others, uh, the feel good factor that comes out of that uh, is an immediate benefit. And there's also it creates loyalty. It makes a company feel. I caring, um, it makes it feel a part of the community, that the focus isn't just about generating a profit, it's about the people that are helping to make that happen as well. Um, and I think, again, you know, what, what often businesses don't um, consider is their sphere of influence. It's, it's not only the, the people they employ, it's the communities in which they operate, it's their customers, it's their supply chains, uh, you, you, the 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 impact and the trickle out of that is there's a, there's immense opportunity for for impact and a positive impact and um, it can't be underestimated.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I love that because, I mean, again, it comes back to uh, what we, we mentioned in the bio, you bring like holistic interests into your work. And what I'm very much seeing is what you're saying is, how can a, how can a business or an organisation see themselves as part of a bigger whole and recognising that they're connected to the community, their supply chains, their customers? And how does this all function together to create that positive impact? So it's not that there's one specific part of a system that's working effectively, it's that the whole system has to work together.
0: Yes, and having that conscious connection, um, you know, sometimes, again, we don't, you know, it's what we immediately see um, without perhaps consciously considering, uh, you know, if, if your business is a, is a global business and you're sitting in Scotland, for example, um, you know, some of your supply chain may be in countries that are remote and, you know, giving, you um, you know economically empowering people through opportunities, jobs, um, you know enables their children to go to school, to eat nutritious food, and create a future for them. so it's it's it is it's it's immensely powerful um, the the influence that business can have and the impact it can have. and we can all play a part in that when we're buying those products and supporting organizations that are going about, Creating and producing what they offer, whether that's services or products, in a way that is mindful of making a profit, looking after the people that are within the business, as well as being consciously uh, having a
1: conscious impact on the planet as well. Mm. So then what are some of the practices that you adopt within your organisation that helps create, like, a sustainable business and makes an impact and contributes towards a sustainable future?
0: Well, for, for us, um, we were uh, B Corp certified two years ago when it was quite new in the UK. Um, and, and obtaining that... Uh, Certification was quite important for us because it demonstrates that not only do we talk the talk, but we walk the talk. Um, so that's in terms of you know a gov- a governance beyond compliance. It's how we are working as a team and with our stakeholders. It's around our environmental impacts and you know can we minimise travel and carbon and paper and you know the the environment environmental impacts that we have um, how do we have influence in the communities where we operate so we try to um, volunteer uh, where we can, I've been mentoring with the Sherry Blair Foundation for five years now Um, I've recently been appointed to an advisory board with One Skin which is a social enterprise that sells organic tampons and Skin cream and a hundred percent of profits go towards educating girls in Africa. Mm. Um, so it's very much, you know, and there's always room for improvement. We're always learning as well. Um, but you know, with everything that we're doing, what what is responsible? What feels, um, you know, there's a win-win for everybody involved. That the it's cost-effective as well. Um, obviously, we we do need to keep a roof over our heads. Um, and applying these processes to all that we do with our clients and then, of course, the follow-through. And there's lots of experience that comes from what we do that we can also share with our clients. Mm. Um, So I think it's really important to, yeah, for for us, the B Corp certification. And the certification, I mean, any kind of certification, it doesn't need to be B Corp, any kind of certification, whether you go for the actual formal certification or not, um, sometimes doesn't actually really matter, but it's a it's a way of benchmarking of understanding where your strengths and weaknesses lie, where the opportunities are, um, you know, what needs to be considered. You know, if it was a threat, you know, how, how what how, what can change or what needs to change. Um, you know, and doing doing a certification or assessment regularly is. Um, it's quite a powerful way of just increasing your own knowledge, um, understanding how your own business works. You know, if you can get other people involved in the process as well, it, it again has that it's that sphere of influence that gets people thinking in a different way. Um, and generally, any kind of um, discussion around uh, I've got to say that the, the, the terminology is quite distancing. It doesn't responsible business sustainability. Uh, corporate responsibility—they're they're, not—they're not necessarily engaging terms, and they're not necessarily accessible terms. Like, it sometimes feel quite overwhelming. But when people are engaged in a general conversation around what matters most to them and why, and what, how, how could the business operate differently to address some of those um, concerns? There's a real appetite for it. People want to be involved. Mm. Um, so, um, and saying that it needs to be from the from the top down so um, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I love that. And I think, you know, to kind of like summarize what you've said in terms of like other people, getting a, a certification, whether it's B Corp or not, is just a way of actually giving you that space to think about your business and how it works, but also to engage everybody within the organization and figure out what, what's important to them and how the business can support that in terms of doing a positive impact and recognizing and remembering that if this can be driven from a top-down approach, it's got a great chance of success. Yeah, perfect. So can you give an example of a challenge or a project that you've led that has helped to create positive, sustainable change?
0: Yeah, um, thankfully there's many. Um, I think the one was uh, was a, a pet project. <laughs> so uh, it was Pioneers for Change, which we ran as a pilot. And the Pioneers for Change Fellowship um which was in 2015, mm. brought together 14 people from seven different countries for two days in London um, to really explore or refine what does positive change mean for them and what, do, what, what, what change do they want to create in the world. Mm. Um, and, and, and the program was put together based on a lot of experience of working with organizations and individuals in the past. And then again, refining that and seeing what's been missing. So the first day was very much around the focus of the self. Um, you know, we, we, we have to be fairly clear about what we are, what are our values? Uh, what do we stand for? What's our purpose? Um, where where are we coming from? What matters most to us? Before we can even go outwards into the world and, and bring ideas um and behaviors that will influence others so the first day was very much around exploring the self the second day was very much around exploring the idea and then everybody returned to where they'd come from and were supported by um, six hours of mentoring and three hours of executive coaching over the next six months simply because we saw that again action creates reaction so I don't know about you I often Read things, or go to events, or hear things, and think that really inspires me, and I'm going. To, I want to do something, and then life gets in the way, mm. and we don't follow through. And very much, um, you know, the fourteen people who who came have actually followed through. We we did an impact assessment recently, and had some phenomenal of, of the fifty people that pioneers for change fellowship. Uh, Involved, eighty-six percent said that it had positively impacted their lives and their careers positively.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought it was phenomenal, actually. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really awesome.
0: Yeah, and we're actually now discussing, uh, and it's more group-led that uh, about having a reunion uh, to in autumn or next year. That uh, you know, there's all these case studies and stories about what people have gone on to do, and I think you know, a program like that, it's not that you walk out the door. And the next day, phenomenal things happen. It's taken time for everything to digest. It was a lot of content in two days. Um, The people that were in the room were, again, very diverse. We had um, the the age range was 30 to 60, thereabouts. Um, And we had entrepreneurs, investors, intrapreneurs, so people working within companies wanting to make change. We had philanthropists. We had fear changes, so it was a real mix of people. Uh, yet, no one know, knew who each other were. They were simply human beings, and there to get to know each other. And the group, we to enable that group, we had a, a, um, an application form, and some people actually got refused, <laughs> um, sadly, because uh, you know, so if, if they weren't completely focused on what they wanted to be there for really would have affected the dynamic of the group yeah so in terms of so for me that pioneers for change and the fellowship really encapsulates a lot of what i would learned over the 15 years um, of of working with companies to, to pull together something that would again empower people to you know, consider what their, their potential is and, and take it out into the world and do something with it.
1: Yeah. And I I, I love that because, I mean, it's, it's, it's 86% who are saying, you know, it positively impacted their life. But what I also love about what you're saying there is, you know, it really does start with ourselves. Once we've got clarity about what we want to do and our purpose, then we're able to take it out into the world. And I love that starting, starting with you and then looking at the world.
0: Yeah, and I think you know most of us feel a sense of paralysis. The, the challenges that, are, that confront us don't feel real; they feel insurmountable. Um, you know, lots of negativity and, and perhaps fear around it. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm I'm so privileged to work in this sector and get kind of fed all the good news, innovations, and projects and um, and learnings and different approaches that are happening because it, you know, and it's that very fine line between um, you know, sort of pressure, society pressures, obviously resource pressures, um, and all come together into this, this melting pot. And out of that, actually, if we can get beyond the sense of paralysis um, and feeling overwhelmed that we can't make a difference,
1: mm. um,
0: it's, ama- it's amazing. Some of the, you know things that are happening. Um, and the technologies that are coming about um, and which which also make it easier for behaviour changes, which, you know, we we don't like change generally.
1: (laughs) We, We don't, definitely. But one of the things that I'm interested in, because when you're talking about a theory of change and that's what you use when you're working with individuals, you mentioned, you know, that it embraces both the head and the heart. So what is it about embracing the, the head and the heart and why it's important to create that, you know, overcome that overwhelm and create that positive action.
0: Mm. Uh, and a lot of that comes back to, um, it comes back to, uh, we were talking earlier about connection. Um, and, and, and you know, there's various approaches in which individuals can work to make change and, you know, the whole kind of world of impact investing, um you know, philanthropy is still a big part of that. Um, certainly with startups and social enterprises, sometimes actually having knowledge and skills and networks are more important than, than actually having funds. Um, so I, there's been this sort of opening of, of opportunities and it's around understanding, very much understanding the self. What, you know, what matters most to you? What are your values? What's that driven by what's where's that come from um to understand that why and then very much how it can then be applied in a pragmatic and practical sense that um is also sort of fit for where where people are in their lives you know somebody who's perhaps um you know in their 40s might have young family and don't necessarily have the the time to be giving you know, mentoring and access to networks and, and actually, you know, they have patient capital and impact investing works for them and there's an interest there. So it's kind of tying in, um, you know, what the interests are, identifying what the themes are, you know, what, what are the issues that are important um, and the why, and also being expansive in that thinking. So, um, you know, it may be, you know, education you know, there's there's a myriad of ways in which you, people can work to support education, for example. Yeah. So what, what kind of rocks their socks, what makes their heart sing, and it may not be what one originally thinks, um, mm-hmm. but it still ticks all the boxes, as well as having that foundation of knowing the why.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I I love that, and it's, it's it's quite ironic that you're saying this because I mean I've just finally sat down and written my personal why into a proper document that I can pin against my wall, and for me it's been such a profound shift to go. I've known all this all along. Some of it I didn't want to accept, but just having it up is 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 surprised me by how much mental clarity I've got to move forward, and in in, in in terms of everything that I'm doing, just see, oh, this is why I'm actually doing all of this and understanding that. So I, I love that you're talking about starting there and finding out what's close to the heart and then moving it forward. Um, you know, and that, that, that's been such a powerful exercise for me. And I know I've done it in the past, but it's, it's something I think we have to constantly revisit as well.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. And that, you, you you know, and the only constant in life is change. So, you know, it's, it's having that starting point and building on it, and you know certainly have observed people, you know, over the last fifteen years where confidence grows. You know, other factors in their life change, which perhaps enable them to um, be able to do more or you know invest more of their time into um, not necessarily philanthropic initiatives, but initiatives that will that will affect change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, as you delve deep into one particular theme, you know, to create that systemic change, there are causes to, to why there is this theme. And, you know, so confidence grows, the understanding that there's not this sort of quick return, for example. Um, you, you know, you, you get the feel good, good factor, but that doesn't sustain itself either. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, everything's good. It's a journey. It's always a journey and it's very hard to begin or to understand until you're on it.
1: Mm. And I I think it's a great reminder for anybody who's listening, who is already on this um, journey towards creating, you know, a more sustainable world or anybody who's starting out. It is a journey. And I know for me, it's sometimes like it's all too easy to forget that there's actually no end destination. And it's just like, oh, it's just another step in front of each other and just keeping on going.
0: Yeah, and certainly with with when we're working with organisations, when uh, new initiatives are integrated into their systems, there's key performance indicators and targets and goals, which of course are great markers and encourages what, you know once they're met or not met, um, you know which again nurture and fuel further. Um, investment into into those initiatives or it enables them once some goals are met to be able to then look at other aspects of the business where they can then focus attention on that weren't the priority um, you know a few years before uh, so that whole constant process of you, you know we're always saying the trying if you fail hey ho it doesn't it doesn't really matter Um there's there's value in the trying it gives something to review to reflect on to improve Um, and you know it's it's the nature of it's the nature of life
1: Mm -hmm. yep definitely so then how has a career focusing on sustainable leadership and creating sustainable and systemic change impacted the way that you then live your daily life lisa
0: Um, Well, if you asked many of my friends, I'm sure they'd tell you that I'm right paying (laughs) (laughs) some of the time, although I have to say a lot of my friends are uh, uh, are, are in similar fields or have similar viewpoints, which I guess is quite natural as well. Um, So, yeah, everything, it's, uh, you know, um, how how I I spend my money um, and having... Conscious thought around that. To um, my big focus at the moment is around limiting packaging because it just um, astonishes me. I try and order organic food and locally sourced food and and do without the packaging. But it's amazing actually. How, you know when you're recycling when you're looking at it, and especially you know as a family, um, and thinking. You know, any kind of plastics so are probably, you know, a few hundred years to biodegrade. So, um, yeah, um, so purchasing decisions, food, um, energy, how a usage of energy. Um, I've gone so far as to have little stickers on lights around the house. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I've uh, just—I have to say—I have actually just bought a car for the first time in seven years. So that didn't really make me happy, although um, the choice was to buy a car that's made out of recycled parts and um, is incredibly fuel efficient, and actually came out um, of—I've been reading a brilliant book called Frugal Innovation. Um, So, uh, so it's a Dacia. I don't know if you've read about their history, but I was just. I loved their story um, and so yes they've created this car and, they, and I, I think actually that book is full of examples of uh, of um of great stories where people have made decisions to do something that have really pushed the boundaries of what everyone thinks is possible and then made it happen so, so my uh, my Dacia car is made out of recycled Renault parts in a factory in Romania with a tiny engine and uh and it's kind of it's almost like a back to basics car. It gets me, it'll get us from A to B, and uh, and actually it's yeah because that was a quite a difficult decision actually moving from relying solely on uh, public transport.
1: Yeah.
0: To um, to and actually there was a need because the whole schooling thing changes.
1: Yeah. But what, what, what I kind of like about what you're saying there, aside from the fact I'm going to have to go and check out this book is, you know, for me, it's like it's almost like the the, the energy efficient cars has kind of been dominated um, almost by Tesla cars. And you're saying, you know, there's also other options coming out there um, that are these frugal innovations as well. And it's it's, it's good to know that there's, there's more options than just um, one type of uh, energy efficient car.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, you know, it's, um, you know, I mean, and maybe it's influenced by the field that I'm in. Yeah, I'm not materialistic. I'm not one for, you know, it feels like there's a lot of things beyond what we actually need. You know, it's almost kind of actively seeking that simple life, which can be really complicated when you keep having to, say, I don't know, replace a phone every three or four years, and it's full of things that you don't actually need, for example um so yeah, for me it's uh you know we were talking earlier, you know i've even, my I've, you know I've cho- i'm i'm choosing an education system, you know my children are young, but that's gonna very that's very much a focus on develop developing them as individuals, not just academically um and again, that's a whole other subject, but for me you know that's for for me you know, when they come out into the workforce in, I think it's 20, 30, 50% of jobs that exist today won't exist then. So, you know, the skills that they need, which we probably take for granted in terms of, you know, being able to critically think and, um, you know, I I, I grew up in outback Australia where, you know, there was very much that connection with nature without even trying. Um, Whereas I feel like you know, having that connection to nature is something that I have to consciously think about creating for them. You know, gardens have got smaller, many maintenance, nobody grows vegetables, mm. um, etc. So, yeah, it kind of, well, for me, yeah, it permeates all my thinking. You know, I don't shop for fashion. I don't think I've ever stepped into a Primark. I don't believe that clothes that are super cheap uh, you know, H and M have got a great sustainable cotton. I think M and S has it has as well. They've got some great processes in place. But you know, generally, you know, fast fashion is not sustainable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and actually, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. You know, clothes that I've bought ten or twelve years ago and that I've still got. You know, if I were to buy from the same brand, they just don't seem to have that long longevity anymore. So you know, and that's in the space of ten years. So, uh, and again, there's lots, there's lots going on in terms of technology that I think we'll sort of see will radically change things in the next 10 years. Uh, you know, our idea of shopping could, could, could radically change.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's funny some of the, the, the things that are already out there that we're seeing come into the play with, with technology. Um, so then who do you most admire and why? then Lisa and I know that this is a a challenging question we were talking about this before we started
0: yes yes um you know I think with Pioneers for Change we we were given this Huffington Post blog by Ariana Huffington to support what we were doing and so I feel really privileged to be regularly in contact with people who are doing these phenomenal things and you know the blog which is published every week is very much about celebrating everyday heroes who are doing their bit to make a difference. And so, you know, in many ways, um, you know, I I often have conversations where I I just get off the phone and it's like, wow, Um, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got, you know, generally really interesting stories and are going about things in, in really inspirational ways. So... I, have to, I, I admit <laughs> I struggle to sort of choose one person that I admire. Um, it, actually, if I had to choose one person, it would probably be my dad. Um, he's shaped a lot of who I am and continues to be an inspiration with what he does. Um, and we have very differing viewpoints, um, but he's very balanced and he's achieved a lot in a very balanced way. There's, lot, there's lots of inspiration out there that we don't have to dig too deep to find.
1: Yeah. And I, I love that reminder of it's, it's, it's the everyday people, you know, who are making the differences. And this is part of why um, we do the podcast, because one of the things, you know, we've kind of come across is people are going, oh, but there's not enough happening out there. And as we find and I know from the feedback that I get with the podcast people are going wow I can't believe that all this is happening and it's really cool and you know it inspires them I mean I think we're really desperate for more and more positive stories about people who are making an impact because it shows us that change is happening and for me I think it's, it's, it's also about it stops it being overwhelming and thinking that you're the only one because actually there's this whole group of people out there all doing their you know their own thing that collectively is making such a positive impact that if we're able to put it all together it's I mean it it constantly amazes me every time I look at it and see how much is going on in the world and go wow there is so much positive stuff happening
0: yes yeah there is and unfortunately it doesn't make great news no (laughs) really you know I guess um
1: which is a shame Well, you know, maybe that's a a whole shift in the the, the media that, you know, is in the process of happening. Who knows? Um, So what's one of your most favourite memories of a time or a place in nature and why, Lisa?
0: I think nature, it brings about a stillness. Um, And there's something, again... Uh, you know, I'm sitting here and I, I'm obviously in the flight path today, so I can hear lots of planes going over. There's really something about birdsong, being able to hear birdsong, being able to hear silence, mm. um, having you know, the smell, the freshness of nature. So I wouldn't say there's necessarily one single place. It's just, um, you know, for me, I really love the sea. There's something about, um, you know, when I need time to reflect or. Um, I need some time for myself there's something about putting my feet in the sea there's something about seeing the horizon um, there's the, the smell of the salt on the air um, it kind of feels like it washes away the cobwebs so it's it's the smells, it's the sensations it's the stillness it's the, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it's like a feeling of a re- return to somewhere safe
1: Mm, I like that and what I really like about your description there is it's all very much about the sensory experience, you know, of being present in the moment, of being able to appreciate the stillness but hear the bird song, tap into the smell, you know, and sense the freshness and just be able to reflect the salt on the air, all of these wonderful descriptions, you know, and it's, it's, it's as you say, that kind of coming back to oneself, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So does this influence or impact your own commitment to sustainability in any way?
0: Does nature?
1: Yeah, and these experiences, these sensory experiences that you have.
0: Um. No, I think it's a part of the whole. So I guess I guess it does. Um. Not in a conscious way, but it, you know, for me, it's I. You know, I'm a part of this world. Um. My spiritual practice is very much around. Um. You know, in Buddhism, we're all interrelated. You know, it's it's, it's quite scientific. Um, so whether it's an object or a person, we're all vibrating at fre- frequencies that connect us. Um, so you know, I feel very much a part of the world that I live in. I value that being in this world, um, and and I'm very grateful for for, the, for all the experiences that I have. So. Um, you know and that's been a journey so I, I, you know there's, there's something for me that always comes back to empowerment and potential you know empowering people to be um, perhaps go out on a limb to explore something that might be seen as a little bit mad or crazy or hippy dippy um, and you know some people toe dip and don't like it and some people toe dip and love it and dive in and that's okay, it's all okay. Um, the, the importance
1: is in the trying, comes back to that again.
0: Yeah.
1: Well this is it, so then if you, there's one thing that you want people to take away from our conversation today, what would it be? Um, to try,
0: to explore if there's a nagging voice inside or there's something um, that's bubbling away. And um, you know, scratch the surface and dig a little deeper, um, explore and uh, and uh, and enjoy it. You know whatever the outcome is. Um, sometimes it might take a little bit longer to enjoy it. <laughs> there's no, you know, with in, in hindsight, there's always some joy <laughs> way behind you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, again, try, fail explore, uh, and, 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 and enjoy the journey.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lisa. You're
0: welcome. And thank you very much for inviting me.
1: If listening to the show has inspired you to find out more about nature-centred business, go to www.earthself.org and click on the Nature centred tab. And as always, if you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, please get in touch. Next time on Sustainable, I'm speaking to Esther Foreman, founder of the Social Change Agency, about why social change is important.
0: New episodes of Sustainable are released every Tuesday. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, get them sent straight to your inbox by signing up at www.earthself.org or come on over and join the conversation on our LinkedIn podcast page.